Hey, and welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Joshua Topolsky. Today on the podcast, we discuss legal weed, clubhouse, and patriotism. I don't want to waste one minute. Let's get right into it. All right, Ryan, we're back. We're back. Right on time, right on schedule. We did it. We did it. Tony, we're here for you. We here for you. And mission accomplished. And, uh, yeah, big week, big week, July 4th, leading up to the July 4th weekend, you know, the celebration America strong, baby, America surging again, once again, surging towards president, please stop. It's too much winning. We can't (laughs) take all this winning. We're just surging hard and fast towards a, a peak of greatness, an explosion of greatness, you might say. I just saw a story. Um, just saw a story. Florida announced 10,109 new COVID cases today. Going into July 4th weekend for the parties. More than China, Japan, Korea, Vietnam, Thailand, Malaysia, Indonesia, the Philippines, Australia, and the European Union combined (laughs) so yeah i mean fucked up shit here's a story alabama students hold covid19 parties with prize for first person to get sick i gotta tell you folks i gotta tell you the the dumb american thing is not working that great for us we might want to think about using our fucking brains for just a second uh you know like I, I I don't really know what to say at this point, except we're just in we're the entire country is just embroiled in mass stupidity. Anybody who is not wearing a mask and not following very closely along with what the profession of the health professionals say is just absolutely a fucking idiot. And and I wish I only wish that the disease could just infect the people who were acting dumb, you know? Because honestly, like, wouldn't be so bad. But the reality is your dumb behavior kills other people. So I kind of can't help but feel like everyone's going to get mad. This is poetic justice for all the stuff we've been doing wrong for like 50 years. Like, (sighs) you you didn't want anyone to have health care or education. You wanted, you know, you thought that it making uh, one group of people super rich would insulate them from having any consequences, no matter what happens to poor people. And now we have a viral pandemic, which is like the exact, like you spent 50 years drilling individualism and bootstrap stuff into people and making them absorb this like Darwin style fucking Ayn Rand bullshit. And now like the exact thing that would be ruinous for anyone who followed all of that. Any country with no healthcare where people had rugged individualistic ideas about how to screw the poor, like ends up, ends up, we should have did the opposite. Well, I mean, it's, it's, uh, 
as far as the rich and powerful go, you know, things are sort of going according to plan. I mean, you look at the stock market surging. I mean, you know, in, in defiance of reality, uh, you know, what is, what is the market doing right now? Let me take a look. Up. It's up. Market's up. The market is up. But it's not going to last. Based I mean, the on thing is, reality will come crashing down when, like, I mean, when I, you can't kill three million Americans, which is like the low estimate of what we're going to have, and not destroy the American economy. And and well, even well, if you I mean, surge your I mean, numbers, but, but there's, but there's, but actually, it's funny. But I mean, this is exactly the point. There's the American economy for Americans, and then there's the economy for the people who control. Who, who make money off of and control the stock markets. And that is a different economy, you know? And I think that, like, the reality is, like, if, if anything, I mean, to your point, like, we should have done all the other stuff, you know, done the opposite. I mean, it is this perfect, it's a perfect summation of, of what is wrong, not to just focus on the economy, but to say that, like, if things are bad for people, but somehow good for the economy, there's something really, really broken about that system right? If people are losing jobs and people are dying and people are sick and people are scared and worried and the economy is surging on that, that's some, there's something really fucking broken there. But also, you know, the idea that, you know, all of the things we could have done leading up to this, like healthcare is a really great example, having a really good, you know, public healthcare system that was serving like everyone. But I mean, yeah, you know, obviously at this moment would be huge. Not paying, you know, as they find treatments for this, not paying crazy, uh, uh, you know, gouged prices for the treatments, but like, which are all preventable, all something that a, a, a functioning government could could actually something that a functioning fix. government should have reined in during the AIDS epidemic and. Invest in guillotines, I guess, is the point of what I'm saying. Yeah. If well, gonna, if, I you, mean, if you want to come out of this on top, start producing giant blades. Well, here's the thing. Uh, it's funny you say that because I'm just about to get a table saw, um, which I will def- definitely promptly chop all my fingers off with. Um, it's truly like a great fear of mine. But <clears throat> here's the thing: uh, the the what what this really what really is happening. I mean, what really all of this moment boils down to. And I and I truly hope people understand this. <laughs> I really do. There, there. It did not have to be this way. Like this was preventable. Things, think this was preventable. It was pre- one one. We could have greatly reduced the transmission of this disease in this country with a functioning government and leadership that understood complicated problems and had teams and people around them. To deal with those complicated problems, this there are there are there are countries that did it badly. There are countries that did it well. We are at the top of the list for countries that have done it badly. We are at the top of the list. Like make like no mistake about it. We've handled this worse than pretty much any other country in the world, and we are supposed to be like the shining star on the world stage of countries. Okay, so just keep in mind that like. This didn't have to be this way, but it is, and it is squarely and solely on the shoulders of Trump and his administration and their fucking complete either failure to lead or um, 
the stupidity about what direction to go in. I mean, you've got some of the dumbest people making some of the biggest decisions, not listening to experts, not in telling people to wear masks. I mean, now you've got the fucking Republicans with their little tails between their legs going like, oh, yeah, masks are good. You know, it's like, fuck off. You know, I mean, this was months ago. People knew that wearing a mask would greatly reduce transmission months ago. Many, many people, certainly professionals, certainly epidemiologists and doctors who are employed by the government to talk on this subject were like, wear a mask, you know? And then you've got these fucking people, like the governor of Florida, who's like, who cares? We don't care. What I don't need that. We don't need to wear a mask. We don't need to follow these measures. Let's open up. And it's like, yeah, well, you reap what you fucking sow. But it is about leadership, you know? It is absolutely about leadership. And 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 make no mistake about it, like, I don't know where you were in 2016 and where your head was at, not you, but the general public. If you thought they're all the same, if like your ideas, like all these politicians are the same, if you think their decisions don't matter, if you think their influence, their people they surround themselves with, the ideas they have about the world and about science and about people, if you think that actually doesn't matter, like, well, you're living in the greatest, like, reality check of all time because it def- definitely fucking matters and who we put into office makes big decisions about how we live and you may not like by the way uh, we've talked about this a lot biden would not have been my first choice or top choice for the democratic candidate and you may not like biden i'm not that fond of him but comparatively speaking <laughs> you know comparatively speaking like we should be so lucky to have somebody as old and senile as Joe Biden running the country at this point, because like we just need to we need to put an end to this like this this just absolute bankruptcy of leadership. You know, say what you will about Trump and, and him being racist, which he definitely is. Him being supportive of neo Nazi and Nazi ideas and and slogans and fucking history, which he definitely is, as evidence in his merch, which we can talk about uh, if we want. Um. You know, forget all the cultural stuff. Forget that he's a racist. Forget that he's, you know, uh, um, a xenophobe. Forget that he's a, 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 a serial sexual abuser. He's bad at leading. He's just bad at being the boss. He actually is. He sucks at it. Like, there are ways that even a guy you hate could have handled this situation better. There are ways that a racist person could have handled it better. It's not like the people who are getting sick in Florida are not all, you know, black and brown people. They're not all immigrants. You know, it's probably a lot of his fucking base. In Tulsa, the people who are getting sick are his fucking base, you know? So, like, the reality here is just, like, forget, I mean, even if you don't like, even if you agree, even if you hate, if you're a fucking neo-Nazi, okay? Got it. You think Trump is like good for you, but I got news like this situation is bad for everybody. Neo-Nazis and non-neo-Nazis alike having a rampant virus spreading out of control in the country is not of benefit to anybody, no matter what you think. So like take all the shit aside that we all feel about Trump, right? That he's a a, a xenophobic, racist, uh, uh, sexual assault, you know, serial sexual assaulter who fucking sucks. He also is just bad at like running the country. Yeah, and so t- the tough thing is that these people who liked him before and couldn't see this are going to be the exact same people who are like, actually, you know, this is China's fault. And actually, it's also a hoax. 
And also the Democrats released the virus and the masks are to make us docile so they can give us vaccines, which will. Yeah, but I think you're the vast majority of Americans are following. I mean, the vast majority are are actually trying to follow the the rules, you know, Um, but the problem is. But well, but the problem is that you've got I mean, listen, my parents were out to eat two weeks ago, you know, in Pennsylvania, where they eased restrictions because they had a low infection rate. And but like without comprehensive rules around this stuff, you know, it's obvious that like and without really understanding the spread of it and with the way that Americans have been kind of treated to this like this both sides concept of like a virus, you know, we're I mean, to your point, we're literally being told like, you know, some Americans are, are hearing a message that's like this is like you said like it's a conspiracy or whatever the mask caused this or whatever but like there is leadership that can stop that if trump had gone out and said yeah you got to wear a mask like don't be an idiot you know just wear a mask like those people would be wearing masks they just would they wouldn't think it was a conspiracy so i don't i'm just saying this is part of the why, what makes him such a bad leader he can't even like do what's right for his base our, we're preaching to our choir. We really are. Tony Tony feels this way. He feels the way we do. But the thing is, is it's like, like I can't sleep at night because I'm so mad. Like, m- why is this my life? Like, I, I know it's like, it sounds extremely, I don't know, privileged or myopic or something. But, like, I, I don't understand. Like... <laughs> It's so stupid. Like, I, I I can't believe how many stupid decisions everyone around us has had to have made for it to get here. And it's like, this isn't what I wanted to be doing. I'm about to turn 31 and I'm like trapped in my home and like slowly putting on weight because like I've of mental illness and like on an inability to like exercise, go out, socialize. I'm like. You know the 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 height of my week is like a TV show dropped on streaming and like my weed delivery came like it's so pathetic but I have no way of like changing that you know what I mean like I feel like I spent my whole life clawing my way towards success clawing my way towards like creativity and like health and a good social life and a healthy like relationship and it just feels like. I just feel like so screwed over and I, I feel like, you know, people, especially like right now, it's really hot to be like Gen X and Gen Z high five over how much they hate millennials. And it's like, I get it. But also like, I, you know, I, I came out of school with a record amount of debt. I, you know, we, we lived through one financial collapse only to like go into another one. Like I, it just feels like we're constantly screwed over and we're supposed to be like, really really thankful because we have iphones and gay marriage but like no, i mean i, I mean, would give those two up this is like when the kid in school who's an being an asshole is like you end up getting a test everybody has to do like an extra fucking you know a homework assignment or something because like somebody was being an asshole right it's like i mean everyone keeps saying like that this uh, this whole thing feels like when you're assigned a group project and nobody else does any work and it really right. does feel like that. Like, we're going to fail, even though I've been fucking stuck in my home. Like, uh, right. what was the point no, of me right. staying in my home right. if you're all going to go have a fucking barbecue? Right. Well, I mean, this is the problem with the with the disease, isn't it? With the virus. Uh, you know, it's it's everybody else. 
it's like you're subject to i mean actually you know in a way it's interesting because the uh coronavirus has never you know there's never been anything i think that has made it so clear how reliant we all are on each other and how how much we actually have to think about and care about the people who we don't know and that are part of our society, that are part of our communities, that are part of our country, that, that we don't have any interaction with and that we don't have any relationship with aside from sharing like, you know, spaces. And I think that like, it's interesting to think about the doctrine of of certainly, I mean, as for as long as I've been alive, the, the Republican doctrine uh, and its its methods and concepts about governing and and what the what the democratic position is, which again, uh, I will say, certainly flawed, certainly leaves much to be desired. But I do think it from a general, just in a general way, you know, Republicans govern from the standpoint of I got to get mine before anybody else gets theirs. They govern from a standpoint of you know, sort of might makes right. Uh, they certainly govern backed by our, you know, insane and archaic religious concepts of how people should be like literally shit from a book made thousands of years ago about how people should interact with one another. Most of which are like really retrograde, outdated, sort of insane ideas, you know? Um, and like, you know, this is, this is like, we are experiencing what it feels like to live in a world where, um, everybody is a selfish piece of shit who is only concerned about what what about their family and what's happening to them and how they feel and what they get and not thinking at all about the rest of the world or not thinking at all about how their presence in the world affects other people you know but this is like, like i don't know like what dumb. to do with my anger about this and and i don't know what to do with my like I feel like this despair, not just for myself, but just I don't understand how other grown adults who like have had life experiences for 30 years and had to, I mean, at bare minimum watched television and saw other people and at maximum has had large life experiences with friends and family can walk away and have absorbed none of that and not have any empathy and not feel like they have to do things for other people or like not feel any like duty to help the world in even the barest minimum of wearing a mask, like the inability, the, the lack of information, the lack of media literacy. What do people do all day? Like not to be shitty. What do people do all day? Did no thoughts cross your head? You just walk from the fridge and you make a peanut butter and jelly and you walk back over to your desk where you just stare out the window and nothing crosses through your head. Like how does nobody absorbing anything? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. There's also a lot of misinformation. I mean, we have an entire network. Like, I don't devoted... even think that I'm that smart. Sorry. No, you're but not. Like... You're not. You're actually quite stupid. But yes. we have an entire network that is spewing misinformation. We have the president of the United States who, whether we like it or not, is a voice that a lot of people hear and listen to, um, spouting bullshit all the time. And, uh, you know, I think it's like we have to – I mean – I, you know, we, we have to change the way people behave and the way they think. I mean, this is like, look, to me, this is like the lineage, there's a lineage of this, right? It's like, it's like dumping toxic waste and creating mountains of garbage for no reason and, 
um, uh, uh, you know, going online and, 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 and harassing people and terrorizing people and being shitty to them, even in small ways, even just being shitty. Like all of this is like this, this entire frame of existence where you can be however you want. You can act however you want. You can do whatever you want. Everything is yours to kind of crumble up and toss to the side. Uh, every space is yours to, to in completely own every, Every, you know, everything is secondary to your personal needs, right? This is like the way that America has been, certainly over the last 50 years or so, has really been kind of like sharpened into this idea of just unbelievable selfishness, you know? And I do think there is a divide, you know? I think there are people, there are people who have a, who have a, who have a generosity, you know, to later, greater and lesser degrees. There are people who, generosity never enters their fucking viewport. You know, it doesn't, it's not a thing that they think about. It is not a thing they think about when they think about like how other people, there's no empathy, right? Or a lack of empathy, but that shit is taught. It's not just people are born with, you know, missing a gene, an empathy gene or whatever. Uh, it's taught, you know, and it's taught, uh, it's, it's being taught by what I see is like this lack of empathy exists primarily on within the right wing of the political part of political parties in America. Um, it, it certainly exists elsewhere. There certainly are, 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 you know, Democrats or progressive, you know, people without empathy. But like, what I'm saying is that there, it's a taught, it's a learned behavior, you know? And like the roots are fucking deep. I mean, it's like what we're seeing with, I mean, it's like what we're seeing right now with the Black Lives Matter movement and and this sort of this fight for racial equality and justice that has reemerged in a way that I don't think we've seen since the civil rights movement, uh, you know, in in the the fifties and sixties. I mean, it's reemerged, and what is so interesting and so clear, and and what has been eye opening to me, is how uh, ingrained at the deepest level of American history these. Uh, these like acts of violence are and these this this feeling of not understanding or caring for another person are so deeply ingrained i mean th think about i mean think about it okay republicans are the party of slavery they are the people who want the fucking robert e lee statues up the people who want to fly the confederate flag they're fucking republicans yeah, there whether or not there may be a Abraham few Democrats. Lincoln had an R next to his yeah, name. Yeah, we can't. That's we can't not talk about we can't, modern we can't, party, right? We can't talk. I'm not talking about the 1800s political affiliations. I'm talking about the here and now, and who who the people who are owning slavery as a legacy and owning the 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 uh, the Confederacy as a legacy are 99.9 percent .9 fucking Republicans. Okay, like you know. And think about like any even remote celebration of the concept, right? Like at the core, you're talking about ownership of people. You're talking about abuse of people that you consider property. You're talking about people, human beings, the same fucking brains and organs and everything else that you have as a, perceived as fucking like cattle, you know, by these people. And, and, and like think about how that how that echoes and emanates through to today. And it is not, it is this fucking deep seated thing that like we have to excavate that we have to like dig out. Like it is, it is, it is, it is fucked up. Like it is really like, 
I think we're, we've taken it way too lightly. This idea that it's like a a cultural, like a social sort of like trend that we can like eradicate these feelings of like insane violence towards other people and disrespect and lack of awareness and understanding and empathy. Like it really is something that needs to be excavated and exposed and fucking like blown up, like like killed violently. You know, I don't mean people, but I mean the fucking ideas. And and there are people now. What you're seeing with Trump and his, you know, Nazi merchandise and these fucking, you know, lynchings, a string of lynchings that have happened uh, in the country, the fucking people driving their cars into protesters. This is like, this is the violence. This is American violence uh, that is directed at human beings that have done nothing wrong, that all they do is fucking exist. And there's something really broken in in the psyche of like at the core of, of, of American thought that we need to fucking figure out. And like it is being it's not does not want to be looked at by the republican party they want to embrace it they want to fucking they want to like it's it's like comfort food for them it's comfort food to feel like some other race is somehow inferior to you it makes you feel safe and protected to think that you're on top and that you'll always be on top and like what we're seeing this is like these are the beginnings of the death throes of this like entitled white largely male position of viewing the world like i do think it's going to be a lot longer and a lot uglier than we could have imagined but i do think donald trump is a reaction to uh this this process of excavation and and killing of like these like deep-seated fucking you know problems in our humanity i just think it's like but it is like republicans fucking own it like you guys are embracing it it is like you're fucking you know your casper mattress that is like, it's like your safe space. Like, I don't know what to say about it, but it's fucking bad and it's bad for everybody. And that is the same shit that leads to feeling like you can go out of your fucking house without a mask on in the middle of a pandemic and walk into a grocery store where they say the fucking rules are you have to wear a mask and you throw a fucking fit like a baby, like an entitled fucking bitch baby, because, because you think the universe is fucking there to serve you and revolving is revolving around you and everybody else is secondary to your concerns. Like I understand a lot of time you have to put yourself first, but you have to learn to put other people first sometimes too. And these people are just emotionally incapable, mentally fucking and emotionally incapable of doing it. And it's insane. And we need to break it. The wheel needs to be broken. But this is why I can't, like I can't abide the whole like Lincoln project thing, which if, you don't know what it is. It's like a group of conscientious conservatives who are like anti-Trump and want to return their party to like civility. What bothers me is it's like what you're saying is like you missed having the mask on. Like you you miss the like like having a philosophy of individualism without carrying it to its most like to its final like statement the final thesis of of uh rugged individualism and darwinism which at the end of that is basically eugenics and like it if you don't like what donald trump is saying maybe wonder what in your philosophy would lead people who agree with you to agree with him and it, it's not a matter of like changing what they agree with it's a matter of like changing your philosophy so something like donald trump wouldn't abide within it because like it, what the extremist version of the things that I believe is like a commune that has no self-defense because it, it's nonviolent. And like, I get that that's also not ideal to some people, but 
I I would prefer that version of extremism to the version of extremism that is like fascism. And I don't know. I guess what I mean to say that I'm talking around is that it feels to me like things are moving in waves, like you get waves of social change and social action. But I guess my worry is that because we haven't set up anything societally to support these waves of change, that they come weaker and weaker each time. And I hope that what I'm seeing from the Black Lives Matter movement, which I think I am, and it gives me some hope, is an understanding that, like, it's not enough to, like, want to defund the police. Like, the kind of thing that we're fighting against is so... It's it's beyond, like, a hydra. It's... It it is, like, it's the roots of a thousand-year-old tree. Like snaked through all the ground and you can plant seeds to other stuff but they're all going to be choked out by this thing and we all have to like we have to uproot it and we have to spend multiple years uprooting it and start over and like and create create a foundation from which ideals and and swings of social progress have the space to move and move the needle rather than what what i feel like happened in my lifetime which was everything was sort of a little right and then the obama years was like everyone being like they're still too far right let's you know let's move that needle to the left and then it moved to the middle and then it moved way right again and it's like it just feels like we're like slowly being pulled like like i I guess people have talked about this which is just like the what is centerism has changed and like if you were to go to europe bernie sanders is essentially a centrist and in america he's like a far left communist um and I guess what I'm saying is that, like, I think everyone's finally realizing that, like, we're never going to win the terms of a debate um, as it was in 2016. And we need to get through, we need to get Trump out of office. And then we need to change, like, what the debate is and change the rules of the game that we were playing. Because, like, it, it not beyond it just being economically rigged. It's philosophically and rhetorically rigged. Like when you when you play the game and where you have to be a quote unquote patriot, you bathe yourself in the flag, and everyone has to have fealty to the troops. And we have to talk about the founding fathers as if they're sacred, and America's history as if it, you know, just just having it there will speak for itself. Like no, we need to tear down the statues, and we need to stop worshiping the military and we need to stop worshiping the police and and taking for granted their place in society as having a monopoly on violence and and the state as a, a fundamentally eventually falling in the right like i've been rewatching a bunch of television from the 2000s like alias and the west wing and mm. all of these shows that have this philosophy that like ultimately there's bad actors but the american ideals at the end of the day will win out and right. maybe they will but i i don't think like we are in some inevitable march of progress like i think eventually the american ideas might win out because we all realize that the, we that that we aren't living up to the those ideals and we all realize that some of those ideals need to change and we need to add to those ideals and then maybe america succeeds because like that uh, in the long term that like some seed was planted of, of of a good idea and and i think that that is the belief that like we don't need to say the founding fathers were good people to say a seed of a good idea was there which is that like everybody sh- more people should have dignity than currently do and like 
we can keep expanding that until it's everybody. You know what I mean? Even though they were just like for white dudes. I think now yeah. we're understanding that we have to tear all this stuff down and we can't play the game. Like like progressives, people who want peace cannot play the like, I support the military more than you do game. Like that's not a game we can play. We have to just stop. We have to say like we can support soldiers and we can support individual families, but we 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 can't be like we're more for war than you are. Like I mean, that's I just not- think I I just by the way, I mean, I hear you on that. Is like, but is even is the use of military at this moment? I mean, I'm with you, of course. You know, I'm anti-war. I understand the need for the for a country like America to have an army, but the. I mean, we're not even we're not even in the zone. We used to be we used to be worried about things like going to war. No, no I, know, I'm just using that as an example. Right, I right, mean, right. It also applies to like healthcare. Like instead of saying I need freedom of choice to decide if I want to pay for healthcare this month because I might need the money, and you know that's a tax, and I, I, we need to stop having that debate and say I deserve freedom from worrying that I will get skin cancer and it will be the end of my husband's financial future. Like, like I need like, freedom from that. That's the yeah. conversation we need to have. We have to stop having this debate of like, you know, a lot of Americans like their health insurance company. Like, no, they don't. Just stop saying that. Like, yeah, I, I mean, that's partly why Donald Trump won in my mind is that he stopped having the debate on normal terms and he was just unhinged. And I, I'm not saying we need to be unhinged, but I do think that there, the, the the strength of his winning was that he just decided not to engage with a bunch of stuff that Americans know is bullshit. And whether or not he took us to cuckoo banana grams land, it, the thing they found refreshing was like Hillary Clinton should have just been a bitch. She should have just been like, Donald, you're disgusting. She should have said that on the debate stage. She should have been like, you are repulsive. You are everything that I have worked my entire life to stop, which is an entitled brat who says things people want to hear. But instead, we we, we keep going back well, to like this I Lincoln mean, Project, Joe Biden well, thing. I mean, where we're you like, know, you know, the also, hopes of the future and the dreams of our children need to be inspired by the freedom and independence of the beloved yeah. country. Like what? Well, 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 also, I mean, not to go down this rabbit hole, but, you know, people don't really in this country aren't really that good at hearing a woman talk the way like Donald Trump talks. I mean, they like sure. it when Donald Trump talks that way. And when a woman does it, they're like, how dare you? How dare you? you I know? guess, I mean, but it's, I it's think this country bit... responds more to mean mommy than they do to like fake business talk. Yeah. Well, at any rate, look, the point is, the point is getting back to the point so we can get, probably get off this topic and get onto another one. Uh, we have a, you know, we really need to rethink the way that we, uh, are in the world to each other and the way we think about who is running things and like really and how we think about their um what their job is you know like what their job is and who they work for because yeah. the reality is like their job is to make things better for the people who live in this country like what is america what is america what is any country, right? It's like the people there. It's the citizens of the country and their lives. Like a, a country is like, what's the point of it if you remove those people? You know, land. I do believe the like in our ideal version. I, there's something that I do believe from the Obama era is that America is an idea, and that we should be happy when people want to join in that idea, and it is a set of ideals and. 
we don't always live up to them. And in fact, we need to change some of them or evolve them. But I do think that that is ultimately what I would like America to be is like a belief in progress, a belief in democracy, a belief in like the future and moving in, in that there is something better. Like that yeah. is the core idea that the, that the country was founded on that I think is good. Like, do I think manifest destiny and fucking Christopher Columbus were good people or good ideas? Like, of course not. But I do think that, that a lot of people came here over a sustained period of time. And the biggest part of that for them was that like the future could be better if we worked at it. And right. I do hope that that is the thing that we can not only get back to, but the thing that we can unite around and, I'm I I I Black Lives Matter gives me a lot of hope, but I'm also like not speaking to my parents. So you know what right. I mean? Like it's hard because right. you're like you're like wow, I feel this surge of hope, but I guess there's a core of anger in me and a core of frustration that I don't feel is softening. Yeah, I that. think. Well, I think. Um... Yeah, I hear that. I think that um, one of the things that we that I I've been sort of ruminating on is the need for it's like really good right now that people are mad and that they're out and that they're saying like enough of this bullshit. I think what's really key is that they keep doing that. That we all keep doing that when hopefully when someone else is in office, like you know. And I do think. Uh, maybe the the tone of it is less angry or maybe it's like we have more access to real conversations, but I do think it's important um, to like, you know, I, I think everybody gets really comfortable. I mean, I think we all got like, to some extent, we all got pretty comfortable during Obama. Like, yeah, I, I mean, that I was, the, like whole, things were that was like, the whole, the inevitable march of history. Like, you're on the wrong side of history. Progress is coming. Like, that whole belief that we took for granted that, like, yeah, well, in 20 years, these Republicans are going to look like ding-dongs. And it, like, ends up, in order to make them look like ding-dongs, you have to keep working at showing that they are ding-dongs. Right. And I think that the, um, it's like with Bush, like, what has happened with Trump in the last, over the last three or so years feels like what you know it took bush to do in roughly eight right which is like we had yeah. like we had a i mean Democrat. i think he's doubled it <laughs> oh no no it's like accelerated and doubled like it's just yeah. a compounding thing but like the clinton years were for most for a lot of people not everybody there were pro i mean i'm not these were not like perfect times ever but there was a you know economically speaking things were going well there was a period of sort of there was mostly calm you know, it felt like more progressive policies were moving forward. It was less about, you know, retrograde shit like let's ban abortion. You know, that wasn't it was like that wasn't the conversation. Uh, then it's like Bush. Right. And Bush just collapses all of it, just undoes like whatever feeling of movement we had. And like, you know, we're in crazy wars that will never end and just like and, and then and so then it's like Obama shows up. And so then when it's Obama shows up and things start to feel calm again, I feel like we all went all right, it's things are going to be fine now. Like we forget how quickly it can change, how yeah, easily how quickly it can it fucking devolved. turn from yeah. like, we're moving in the right direction. Not everybody feels like they're getting what they want, but at least that we're having the conversations versus like you're in a death camp now or whatever, which is like kind of where we went to. So, you know, I think that like what we need to do is not forget how this feels 
if we end up with a different president, God willing, if we have a different president, we need to not forget how it feels to be as angry and as worried and as stressed out as we are right oh, now. Hopefully, well, I will say I do think that people are traumatized in a way that for some reason, I don't know why they weren't by George W. Bush. I don't think people were – I feel uh, at, at this moment in my life, I, I feel part – yeah, maybe it's the internet. But I do feel – I was thinking this last night as I like fell asleep finally. I, sometimes I worry that like more of myself is scar tissue than not at this point because of this stuff. Right. And I do yeah. think that maybe that's not so bad if it means that the next few generations, like, uh, not to get all holocausty, but like the next few generations, we will not let them forget what happens when well, you right. elect idiots and you and you and you have this anti-intellectual, uh, populist, nationalist, fascist. Like when you let this shit run rampant. Even if it's just to be edgy and ironic, like we're not going to, I don't feel like in my lifetime I will ever be okay with like someone doing an ironic racism, like Sarah Silverman pretending that, you know, she said the N word because she's making fun of people who say the N word. Like, no, we're not doing that ever again. Like, I'm never going to stand for that again after what I've seen happen to black people in my lifetime. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, I also... I do think you're right about the kind of psychological, the deep scarring that's happening. I, I've never felt more anger and hatred and stress. Like, I, I mean, I feel so, I feel, I mean, I hate Donald Trump so much. Like, I didn't think it was possible to feel such a strong, like, I'm not a person who hate, like, I, I'm like, I, I know, dismiss I don't a lot like of shit. What it's, I don't like what it's doing to me. I can but hear like, the way that I talk about things that aren't him now, and I can hear people being turned off by it because it's vitriolic and it's dismissive, but I feel this frustration well, that comes from him that I just don't have patience anymore. You well, know I mean, what I mean? This is, and I, I, mean, I wish is, I did. This is, right. I mean, the, it's like, it's like Trump and his supporters are hateful people. They're really hateful. And, um, and you can, you can combat that, you know, as much as you can try with, you know, reason and, and calmness and, and intellect and all the other things that we try to apply that one tries to apply in situations like this. But at the end of the day, it's like when somebody's like abusing the people around you and abusing, you know, I, I, I'm not, listen, I, I'm in a, in a position where, um, for the most part, you know, in Trump's, I mean, until they start coming after Jews in Trump's world, I'm like, I'm okay. Uh, But like when you see the abuse around you, it's hard to not feel violent in a way about it. You know, when you see people that you care about or communities you care about um, or you think about, I mean, for me, of course, I think about Zelda and I think about the future and I think about the way people treat each other in this country. And it just, and I just feel so filled with, and this is like, by the way, I love that when, when, when the fucking right wing people hear this, they're like, yeah, he's driving the libs crazy. It's like, yeah, we're being driven crazy because we believe in people being kind and good and decent. And you're acting in the opposite way. You're not kind. You're not good. You're not decent. And it is like, yeah, it's fucking angering. Because like you don't want to see like constant injustice and abuse. Well, of that's other the false equivalency between like Obama and Trump, which is just like, well, tr- Trump's driving you crazy the way Obama drove me crazy. It's like, no, you yeah. guys pitched a fit because you didn't get what you wanted, which was like a different, like you wanted lower taxes and you wanted, you know, I mean, to but see it was more like more it was more people. Like those people- 
Yeah, but it was more like those deported. people were driven crazy because he was black. I mean, let's just yeah, get yeah, real. yeah. But that's like, what I'm saying. The people like, they who were driven get... crazy by Obama weren't because I mean, he was a fucking centrist president. They weren't driven crazy by his policies. They're driven crazy by the color of his skin, and that's really no. Is what I, it I know, and I'm saying, I'm saying that they threw a fit because of those things, and it was a hissy fit at the at, it, it, it was a hissy fit in the grocery store, and what we're upset about is we're the mother who's like grieving a belief in like humanity and right, grieving right. the future of our children. It's not the same as like a hissy fit because your president was black. Right. No, I mean, this is, and this is, I mean, anyhow, we should, I want to, we should get off this topic. I, mean, I think already, we accidentally is, stumbled into a beautiful 4th of July discussion. <laughs> wow. Well, at any rate, I mean, I'm just saying it's like, uh, I, you know, I, 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 I just want, I just want, I just want good leadership. I want, I want actually, I don't even want good leadership. Okay. Here's what I will now accept. Re- relatively competent leadership. You don't even have to be really good. You just have to be somewhat competent and you have to surround yourself with people who are somewhat competent. And I'll take that for the next few years as we figure out our way out of this to something better. And I know there are a lot of politicians, young politicians, and a lot of people who are now engaged in politics that are going to bring wonderful things for the future in how we govern. I'm fine with just okay for right now, but we can't have, we cannot keep having absolutely fucking awful because absolutely awful has been absolutely awful for us. So it's like, yeah, it's like, I think my biggest hope is just, is just representative government, just that, that everybody gets a say. And even if it, the people get it wrong, I would rather feel like the people are in control than whoever controls the gerrymandering of districts. Right. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, don't even get me started on the voting stuff anyhow, but that's my bare minimum from the, uh, from the hope for the future over the next four years. My only hope is that we figure out, how to make the government accountable to voters again and like fix citizens united and and gerrymandering that's really like my only uh, that's the only thing that i can hope for because i don't see a way of fixing all the other stuff if we don't do that first yeah anyway anyway i agree I fucking other agree, things man. happening in america we've arrested yeah. another pedophile we got we got, we got him <laughs> uh G- gislaine gislaine how do you pronounce it gislaine, gislaine. Ghislaine Maxwell, uh, Jeffrey Epstein's uh, secretary. I mean, what was her role? She was like his like aspiring partner. She was like his like chief operating officer. I I don't know. At any rate, anyhow, she's been arrested by the FBI, according to um, my uh, Twitter uh, trending bar, and um, and so you know that's going to be interesting. I think a lot of people are getting pretty excited about what she has to say. I mean, she may be secretly killed. I mean, that could happen. I suppose. Yeah, she's definitely going to like mysteriously have a tumor that kills her over the course of a few weeks, so that I mean, it looks maybe, different. Maybe, maybe not. It's hard to say. But um, you know, I it's obviously like there are many very powerful people who are connected with with Epstein, and you know, Trump being one of them. You know. Bill Clinton and fucking Alan Dershowitz, like, uh, 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 what's his name? Prince, uh, Prince Philip. Is it not Philip? It's, uh, Andrew, Andrew, Prince Andrew. Um, you know, who's part of the Royal, good old Royal family in, um, England. Those chuckleheads. Those hilarious folks. At any rate. So like, 
Yeah, I don't know. I look, I have I have um I mean, I don't have a lot of thoughts about Jeffrey Epstein except to say that I hope that the people that he abused find can find some sort of uh justice through this person or other people. I, you know, hope that anybody who is involved in any kind of fucked up shit around Jeffrey Epstein is fully exposed and um, brought to justice for it. And I don't give a fuck if it's Bill Clinton or Donald Trump or anybody in between. Um, It's like, you know, really nefarious, really gross shit. And um, like, I just hope that there is some relief now because the reality is that like with him being killed or committing suicide or whatever happened, um, you know, it's sort of like, put a little bit of a of a you know it's sort of like it's like oh this guy's like a fucking absolutely evil person who's been in involved in really really awful things with very powerful people and now suddenly somehow all of that just dissipates like being able to uh you know being able to find justice there dissipates because he's dead so hopefully this is a line to some form of justice for the people that were abused by this fucking guy and his whatever weirdo fucking compatriots um you know but it's it's a kind of just the whole thing's a fucking downer you know i just wish that it was less about the celebrity of it all and more about like the pizzagate people are complete fucking idiots and morons obviously and anyone who thinks that like hillary duff is selling her child on instagram needs to you know go talk to their dad and get a grip but i, I, I human trafficking in this country is an epidemic slavery modern slavery probably outnumbers historical slaves um worldwide like the the amount of women and girls especially who live a life of of trafficking and exploitation like the estimates would you wouldn't believe them um because it's so well hidden and it's so lucrative um and I hope I wish that this whole thing put a spotlight on the more mundane kinds of human trafficking and the kind of like, I mean, what happens when people get immigrant visas, uh, like a lot of that ends up being like a scam in order to make money off of those people. So they come here with the hope of of, of having a job and, and starting a new life because you know, we need X, Y, and Z. We need, you know, tutors or whatever. And they sign contracts that put them in basically indentured servitude. I mean, you've got like adoption trafficking is, I mean, it's horrifying. Look into the DeVos family and the kind of like what they do in order to, um, in order to procure children and the kind of money they make on re rehoming children. Um, it, it's horrifying. And like, I wish that the discussion was about how like this is the tip of a giant iceberg that we like really need to manage. Like we need to know where undocumented children go and they need to be like, we need to understand bare minimum what ice is doing with them and where they're going. Um, And let alone like they shouldn't be in custody at all. Like I wish that that kind of stuff extended, but I mean, maybe this is like the first of, many things that get the public's attention on an issue like this it's just it's such an it's hard because i don't want to talk about jeffrey epstein i don't want to think about it like it's stomach turning but i guess i feel like this like 
I, for a long time, I felt like this like duty to try to educate myself on what's happening. And it's really hard and painful. And I worry that because it's so disgusting and revolting, um, that will it'll never like take our full focus because I think something most people, whether they're racists, whether they're um, Nazis, whether they're anything like most of us can't handle seeing like on a physiological level, seeing children and especially young girls exploited and hurt. We like can't keep space for it in our head because it's yeah. so overwhelming. Yeah. Um, and I, I worry that that we never deal with this issue because nobody wants to think about it for too long. And I, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm creeping people out when I talk about it, but like, I, I feel like we need to talk about it more. You know what I mean? Like this right. has to be something that can't, I mean, how, how many people looked the other way? Like on, on Epstein or fucking Gislaine, how many pic- pic- pictures of Gislaine hanging out with like people you know like that should be the thing that shocks you not the celebrity angle of like who was in on it like think about the number of people who never even heard about it and were hanging out with him and nobody ever brought it up to them you know what i mean like there was definitely a faction of people who would see him at a cocktail party did not know that he everything that had gone on or the suspicions or the rumors even though lots of people did because people were uncomfortable bringing it up it's just in poor taste to bring up the pedophilia you know yeah, I guess it, it it is in poor taste, but that shouldn't, you know what I mean? Like I I wish that that meant that it, it feels gross, but I mean it, you're it's a joke, but it's also true. Like no, it, I know. It, it, it I don't know. So like I don't know. I see this Gislaine thing and I'm like, yeah, I I definitely do think that there's some credence to like the conspiracy theories of it all that she'll be like bumped off by powerful people. I like do think that that's probably true, but I also think like but so what? Like if this issue bothers you, let's start where we can make some like real difference. Cause I don't think that like any of us have the ability to keep her alive and get the truth out of her. You well, know, I don't, I, I think it would be, I mean, I don't know. I think the truth is that she'll probably not be bumped off, but I mean, it would be a little bit, I think it'd be a little bit fucking suspicious at that point, like in a real way, not like in a, you know, we can debate whether Jeffrey Epstein committed suicide or was murdered. Like, that's like okay that's really fucking weird everybody and you know it seems like maybe it could go either way on that one but if she were to suddenly die in custody i think there would be like a much louder much bigger much more like cohesive uh investigation from a lot of different places and i don't think that i don't think that i think it's like unless we're really talking about like fucking she's got pictures of donald trump you know like raping somebody which maybe they do which maybe they do, by the yeah, way. Yeah, like maybe they do. <laughs> like, like I don't know. But I think it would have to be that level of stuff we're talking about for like this now her to like actually like disappear. Yeah. You know? Hopefully. Anyhow, really quickly, before we we've already spent a lot of time on really dark topics, but we should talk a little bit. I actually have been watching this. I don't know if you've been following this Taylor Lorenz shit on um let's talk about journalism and, and technology and VCs for a second. Gamer uh, too. Gamergate too. Well, it's like worse than Gamergate actually because it's 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 actually. So Taylor Lorenz is a journalist. She works for the New York Times. Uh, she's been on the show. These people yes, know her a long time ago. It was a while ago. Yeah, she's uh, at the Atlantic. And, I think she's great. Taylor's wonderful, and um, and she reports largely on like uh you know TikTok stuff and Instagram and sort of this weird the like the youths, but also just cultural trends in like 
around like social media and the internet, you know, and like she's, very she's good the at person job. who like writes the article that's like teens are putting bread up their nose and they're calling it, you know, bread nosing. And you're like, right. huh. And then like a year later, <laughs> bread nosing is like what a senator has to do to get in office. Like she's always right. really exactly. early on this weird. Exactly. <laughs> so anyhow, so so um, she like posted some stuff about um, Steph Corey, who is the I mean, honestly, this is like a weird she posted some stuff about Steph Corey, who uh, was is the away CEO, who was like there was a big Verge story about her, about how she was really abusive to her employees. And then she quit. But then she came back anyhow. And then so she's now in, like embroiled in this um, in this like uh, Twitter slash this Twitter battle with this uh, VC who I need to find to find his name now where is it i'm like a down and i'm like way in the rabbit hole on this thing um and uh his name is uh uh balalji s i'm gonna mess up this pronunciation of his last name srinivasan srinivasan probably wrong um he's a i guess a vc i don't know he posted this thing about her about what she said about steph Corey, the um again ceo of away and it started this whole thing where like these fucking um vcs are like piling on her in a really gross way like really gross like gamergate way people like paul graham and ben horowitz from a16 you know and recent uh horowitz big big fucking um investors that are just like relentlessly kind of attacking this reporter over I, over nothing because they're mad because people report negatively about their um about their companies that they invest public in. has turned on tech and they have turned they have a suspicion of people like mark zuckerberg where they used to have an implicit trust and an implicit hope for the future and that the public has realized that tech CEOs will not be our saviors and these vc funds are not perfect and they're not the hope the great american hope and they blame the media for this because the media, us, yeah. well, the media, it's a very is Trump. reporting on it. Right, right. It's great to it's great when you do shit that sucks and nobody says anything. Like I actually, many, many years ago, we had a meeting with Mark Andreessen. I don't know if I ever talked about this in the podcast. We had a uh, we went out to we went out when we were raising money for the outline, like our our second round. We went out to talk to um, Mark Andreessen and some of his people, and we, I, Mark and I, got into this big argument about how the outline was like a Marxist publication. As you know, Mark has like, if you look at his past comments and his Twitter and stuff, like he's basically kind of a right leaning, very right leaning. He calls himself a libertarian, I think, but he's pretty right leaning in his thoughts. Yeah. Free market. Anyhow, he was like very mad about, he was like, he was like the outline is anti-tech and you've written all these stories about how, you know, tech is bad and these companies, you know, we had just written something about Uber and, and uh, I was like, dude, I was like, I've, I've been doing, I've been covering tech for a decade and we've been so fucking generous, you know, like you guys have gotten so much generosity from journalists about, because they're excited about it and they're interested in it. And like, there's been such a long, I mean, these, everybody got so fucking used to it. And also, by the way, they're all sort of trained on tech crunch, which is basically, you know, has been, had been for a long time, an apparatus of the VC, of VC culture, essentially. But you know, they got so comfortable with this like favorable coverage that it's like alien to them. He was so shocked and surprised that all of these people were suddenly writing about Travis 
and his horrible behavior. And he was so scandalized and upset about it. And it's like, you know, it does, it, it is that is interesting to see people who have all of the money and all of the power in the world unable to hold themselves up to to a bright light and say, hey, you know what? Maybe we actually can do better here, you know? And I, I remember saying to him in the meeting, I was like, like the stuff we're writing, so much of it is not because we want to hurt and attack the the world of like tech and VC culture or whatever. It's because like you guys are supposed to be the new guard. All of this stuff that's happening in technology is supposed to be the new guard. This is supposed to be a better way of doing it. You're not the fucking robber barons of the 1800s. You guys are the you know you're the you you're the fucking Netscape guy. You're the, you're supposed you're, to champion. Supposed to you're be supposed astronauts. to fight against. Right, you're supposed to fight against the bullshit and bring something better and be better to women and people of color and be more fair and all this shit. And it's like, and it's like you're just doing the same things that everybody's always done once they get money and power. And I, I said this to him, and we had this like we actually had a really heated, like I, I would say, verging into an argument. And needless to say, they didn't invest in the outline. But like, he also was like upset because he felt we were like a left leaning mark. He called it like a, a Marxist publication because we had like you know left leaning articles and. You know, I was like, yeah, we're monetizing liberal tears. That's our that's our business model. Um, but like, you know, it's like but the fucking conversation was interesting to me because it was it was like he was upset and hurt and and angry that he felt people were being unfair to um tech companies and tech CEOs when what was actually happening was for the like for the longest time they've been essentially getting a fucking pass or had very little scrutiny. And now people were starting to go, wait a second, like, this does seem like they're kind of doing the same shit that all of the other fucking asshole CEOs do and all these other companies do where they abuse their workers and take advantage of their audiences and all this other shit. And it's like, you know, again, VCs uh, just absolutely self-destruct under any kind of pressure from what I can tell. And like this Taylor Lorenz thing is a good example where, you know, it's this old boys club, a lot of white guys, not all, but a lot of white guys um feeling very protective over their little their little fiefdom and their little um privacy you know that like they're on this app clubhouse apparently which is like a uh um you know it's like an app where people where vcs are all talking in like chat rooms or something it's basically like fucking party party lines for vcs or something apparently they're shit talking her on there and it's like you know, it's well, like, they're they're not even just shit talking her. the The thing that really worries me is they're like they're literally saying, "What gives the press the right to investigate a private company? That should be illegal." Or like, you know, they're saying like, you know, who is Taylor Lorenz? Why does she have the right to to decide who's right and who's wrong? And it's like, she's a reporter, like at a at the in the free press, at part of the fourth estate, like. What? You don't think we should have freedom of press? You don't think anyone should scrutinize your work or your ideas? Like, I, the idea that that they are the victims because they had to hear something not glowing for once. Like, there's this, like, fury that tech journalism isn't People magazine. And I actually find it very worrying um, in the way that I found Gamergate worrying, which is, like, you're pretending that this is about journalism, but really what it's about is you don't want any accountability or criticism. And these are really powerful people to have that opinion, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And with a lot of money and I don't know, it's like what's happening to Taylor is really gross and bad. And I hope that, um, I truly hope that 
uh, people more powerful and more well-placed than her step in between this and fucking like course correct. I mean, what's weird is like, you certainly don't see anybody from the New York times. You certainly don't see any people in within with major roles of power at the New York times stepping into it, you know, which is classic New York times, but it would be nice to see. And I assume they are there some other VCs. And I know there are good ones, by the way, like I've met the good ones. They do exist. Like they're not all pieces of shit. There are some great VCs who are investing for the right reasons and actually trying to do the right things, um, you know. But it's 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 it's. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of like support for her from journalists, which is great. But I would like to see the executives at the New York Times or VCs who have large, you know. Uh, yeah, I want to hear some tech people say uh, you do have a right to report on us and you should hold us accountable. Right. And honestly. Right. Honestly, I wrote a piece critical last year. I'm not going to name who because I don't want everybody to dunk on them. But I wrote a piece last year that was highly critical of a product that was getting glowing praise around the internet. And the person behind it DM'd me and they were like, what the fuck, dude? And I said, I am so excited about the thing you're making. I am so stoked on it. I'm fascinated by it. I think it's the future. But you're doing some stuff that's really wrong and worrying. And that's why I'm saying something. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I'm a fan. I'm critical because I love what you do. It's sort of like when everyone was pissed. The whole internet was always pissed at me in 2016 if I liked Hillary, what Hillary Clinton did or if I disliked what Hillary Clinton did. But at the end of the day, if I'm criticizing you in good faith and trying to ask you to be better, it's not from a place of contempt. Usually it's from a place of like, be better because I'm rooting for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I want yeah. you to do this better. And yeah. I think that the tech community needs to realize that, like, an attack on one of you is not an attack on all of you. And a criticism is not an attack. Yeah, I, I think one of the things that um, I always had uh, had conversations with, with, like, people like at Apple, like the PR people at Apple, um, uh, or at Microsoft, or a lot of like larger, larger companies, when we would do something, you know, right, like at The Verge or at Engadget, we do review, and it was, um, you know, negative or harsh or whatever, and and you know, uh, people would get very upset. I mean, people, at the companies would get very upset, you know, because um, obviously you work on these things and you try really hard, and then you put it out into the world, and then some fucking asshole journalist is like this. This thing is, this buggy, is unethical, you know? but like <laughs> it was always coming from, and I try to structure any fucking review I've ever done or any critique of anything. Really. Typically, if I have, if I care enough to talk about it, you know, like it means that I, I care about it, right? Like I'm going to spend my time writing about it. It's not because like I want to get the clicks. It's because like, it's something I'm legitimately interested in. I think like you will agree, Ryan, I tend to pursue things I'm legitimately interested in and ignore things that I don't care about. Um, so like, it was always this conversation where it's like, look, the, I'm criticizing this and I'm upset about this. And I'm like, you know, my like rage over it, not working the way I think it should, or as good as it could is not because like, I'm like, fuck you guys. I want to see you burn. It's like, I want to see it better. You know, I want to see it improved. And this goes up and down the line. I think this is what we're talking about. I, I think like, you've got to be self-critical. You have to be self-critical. If you can't look at yourself and go, yeah, we can do better then you've you're failing you're absolutely failing like i i i my position is always like if today was good i can definitely find a way it could have, it could be better tomorrow 
And so you should never get comfortable and never feel like you've got it and never feel like everything you touch is fucking gold. And if people don't like it, they just don't understand. You know, sometimes that's true. And you can see where that happens. But a lot of times it's like people don't like it because it's it's like, you know, you you did, you know, a lot of times it's like, especially with products, of course, uh, it's like you, you know, got close to it, but you didn't go all the way and people can see it, right? When it comes to like how people behave, how they treat, you know, journalists or how they think of themselves, I mean, I think you have to be self-critical. I think you have to feel instinctually that what you do is right. But like, you also have to be self-critical, you know? And so, in, and when you're self-critical, um, it, it, it tends to improve what you do and make it better and make like, like your work stronger. And so for all these fucking people, like learn, learn to fucking take the criticism and to process it and to consider it. Like, I'll tell you what's a great experience having been an editor of, of several publications and been in rooms full of people who are often, um, smarter than me or who know just have different sets of knowledge than I have and different experiences. The greatest thing in the world that you can do is be in that room and have an idea and have that idea get ripped apart by those people. You know, like nothing makes you better and smarter than putting your ideas to the test around people who don't share the same worldview that you have and don't have the same background as you and don't have the same, um, uh, you know, internal dialogue that you have. And, uh, and, and letting them sort of like, you know, rake it over the coals. Like it's really fucking, that's a really powerful thing to do. And all, everybody, all these people from the coddled, you know, white Republicans who want to think they don't need to wear a mask up to the fucking rich VCs, everybody could do a little, uh, could do a lot, actually a lot more, uh, self, you know, self, some introspection and, and work on themselves and, and listening to and watching the feedback of other people, not just about them personally, but about their particular position, their place in the world. I think we could all stand to hear and take to heart criticism uh, and critique more because I think it like it makes you a better person and it makes you better at what you do and it makes you smarter and it makes you um, more aware. And I think that's really important. And I think like awareness is something we could all work on right now in a big way awareness of like out what is outside of ourselves and a good place to start would be to go to inputmag.com and read yes. everything on it read everything on inputmag.com much of which we did <laughs> not discuss at all anyhow we should wrap up we've been we were like i'm gonna do again once again i was like tight 45 today ryan we're just gonna get in and get out beautiful day <laughs> got errands to run nope we're nope. like hour and 11 minutes deep in this motherfucker oops all right well we should uh we should do nice things and get to get out of here don't you think yeah. You got it? Go. You go. Quick, nice things. I'm really excited about, um, we have a post on the site about Super Nintendo World, the theme park that's coming to Universal Studios Japan, and it looks so awesome. And in a year where we had to kill J.K. Rowling and all of her creations and tear down her theme parks, I am so happy that there will be something else for me to go to. I am so excited to jump around with the Koopa Troopas and mm. do a Mario Kart, and I, it looks so cool. I, I ah. until Mario gets canceled, <laughs> yeah, I guess. racist transformer. Um, <laughs> yeah, tra- exactly. <laughs> um, you didn't know he's a turf. You didn't realize that. <laughs> you didn't get the memo. Um, it looks yeah, so no. sick. Go look at it. It looks like a no, like it's... a GameCube game. It's so great. 
It's disturbing. I the video. I watched the video several times, and there's honestly several t- parts of the video where they pan over parts of the park, and it looks so much like this uncanny valley between like the video game and real life that it kind of messes with my brain. It's and so it makes good. me feel like makes me feel like sort of insane. And you know, I don't know if that's good. I love video or, games. I love not. theme parks. I can't wait to leave my apartment. It's a perfect mm. storm of like baiting me you ready for my nice thing nice thing i got my medical marijuana license in new welcome. york welcome well you know i've been having you know i you know i injured my knee i have a torn meniscus which needs supposedly needs surgery but i've also had a lot of back pain recently a lot of like just sort of ongoing in fact i'm going to the doctor soon to have him look at my back but uh, i was like you know what i might need is like a ton of legal weed to solve my pain <laughs> um i don't really want to take like percocet or whatever um, and Advil doesn't help. And also I like to be high. Um, so I went through the process, actually not that difficult. Uh, you know, you do have to have like fairly real reasons. Like you can't just be like, I like to get high. That's not, that won't pass muster. Um, I have like MRIs on my knee and stuff. So that was helpful. Anyhow. Um, and I gotta say really interesting night and day experience between like, and by the way, there's fine, like illegal weed all over the place, but, um, and there's nothing wrong with that as far as I'm concerned. Like, go get it. Enjoy yourself. But uh, the experience of, like, buying stuff online and having it delivered to my house and having it, like, be, like, in, like, proper packaging. Obviously, I've been to California and Seattle and, like, have bought legal weed before or whatever. But doing it here at home and having, like, oh, I've got, like, they have, like, capsules. Which, by the way, I found for me, like, that's my that's my thing. Like, I don't really like smoking that much. Um the capsules but are good. I mean, they're good. I prefer and they actually gummies. do help with my with my knee and back pain. Like that's the 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 hilarious side effect of this is like it's cool, but also like they have greatly alleviated the pain that I'm experiencing. Um, but yeah, so that's I'm sort of like you know I've never really been into weed. I've never been like I've never really enjoyed smoking. It always kind of makes me feel insane. I'm saying that this actually the difference is like pretty striking. And good. And I recommend it. And I hope that there's a day in the future where it's not such a big deal, you know, for people to go and get like a little bit of recreational marijuana or even like medicinal marijuana, because it seems like a very, at least so far to me, seems like a very innocuous and ultimately pretty helpful thing. It's very exciting time. Can't wait for this to be legal for everyone. Yeah. And on that point, I think we should, uh, you know, go and get stoned right now hell yeah Well, that is our show for this week. We'll be back next week with more tomorrow. And as always, I wish you and your family the very best. And I've just been informed that your family is completely stoned out of their minds and watching the secret fireworks in New York right now. So it seems like everything's going right.